Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Amen. We're thankful for those who have come out on this Sunday night on the Memorial Day weekend. Appreciate you being, amen, here. No, some are vacating, and that's fine. Everybody needs a vacation and time away at times, amen. But we're glad that since you are home, you're here, amen. We appreciate that this evening, amen. To our guests, we're glad to have you as well, amen, with us tonight. Always a privilege, amen, to have guests here, amen. And I'm... I'm just under the influence that if you've come one time, that's the first and only time you're ever a guest. After that, you're just part of us, just part of home folk. Amen. We'd love at any time. If you don't have a home church, we'd love to become that church for you. Amen. Glad to have Brother Zach McGee and Brother James Malone here with us tonight. Amen. Going to minister the word of the Lord. I would deem to say that over uh, the past several weeks or months, rather, uh, you know that we usually start our Sunday nights with what we call a jump start. Either of these men uh, just given a small uh, synopsis of a thought to lead our services off uh, with. And over the months that they have done that, probably even years now, I guess a year or more, now that they have done that, time gets away. I've seen them grown uh, in that respect of doing that. Amen. And so we're grateful that they are here tonight. They're going to minister to us the word of the Lord, what they what God has laid upon their heart. Amen. I want you to give your undivided attention this evening. The format of this service, Brother Malone is going to start us off, and we're just going to tongue and groove from him into Brother Zach, and then we'll have an altar call. Amen. And so they're going to probably preach two hours apiece, you know, I'm guessing. Um, or minister to it no but anyway we're going to have a good time in the house of the lord because how many knows that god's word it, it speaks the bible speaks about the spirit speaking expressively and he does so through his word so i don't care who you are tonight uh, the word that goes forth the text of the scripture in itself can speak directly uh, to your heart and to your soul amen will you give the lord a great hand clap of praise as brother james malone comes tonight amen make him welcome here this evening Praise the Lord, church. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's a whole lot easier being out there than it does up here. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. But uh, I want to give uh, honor to my pastor and his wife. This family is just, uh, it's been good leaders for this church. Uh, ministering of the word. You're never going to go hungry with the word in this church. Not with a pastor that loves the word that he does. And a pastor's wife that knows the word like she does. You're always going to leave here with a word. You may not understand a lot, everything that goes on in the service, but you're going to leave here with the word. I want to give honor to my bishop. When I came into this church, he was the one leading the church. He was up here every time. It didn't matter how he was feeling, he was leading the service. And uh, he did an awesome job every time. You won't ever meet another loving guy like he is. Hugs like he gives give honor to my wife, my son, for just loving me and being with me no matter what. It's not always easy, uh, but uh, she continues to be with me, being a support uh, in preparation for this. She uh, even uh, would get out of the house and take Lucas with her so I would have time to study. I will say that uh, 
good part of it was spent sleeping. One time I just did not wake up. The night shift is not easy on me, but, uh, but we make it. But uh, I want to start off on this Memorial Weekend, a time to remember, a time to remember those that have given their lives for our freedom, the ultimate sacrifice, the greatest sacrifice. I want to start off with Psalms 25 and 7. When you have it, say amen. If it's behind me, amen. It says, remember not the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions. According to thy mercy, remember thou me for my goodness sake, O Lord. And Psalm 77, 11 says, I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember thy, work, thy wonders of old. If you want to go ahead and just pray with me right here. God, we love you, God, and we praise you, God. We thank you for this time that you've given us in this service, God. This time to give you honor and glory, God. We pray, Lord, that you would anoint me, God. Lord, that your words would not fall upon them. God, the hearts that are willing and ready to receive you, God. We know, God, the Lord, you're able to touch and move, God, over each and every individual, God. Lord, I pray, God, that you would minister, God, to each and every individual, God, in a certain way, God. Lord, that they can be touched and moved, God, by your words and what you're bringing forth, God. Lord, be my words, God. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. And you may be seated. So, everyone knows that Memorial Day is tomorrow, right? Uh, some may not think of it as important as others think of it. Your veterans will be uh, a little more um, tuned in to the day than maybe someone who's not, uh, not been introduced to a military family had anyone in the military, most people will think of it as a day off and not really understand or celebrate the reason that we have that day off. But uh, it is a day that as a country we have set aside to remember the military, the ones that have made the greatest sacrifice and were not able to come home. They died so that we're able to be in this place right now, that we're able to have this freedom that we have right now. But as I think about Memorial Day, we all have ideas of memorial. So I was like, well, you know, what's the definition of memorial, you know? So dictionary.com defines memorial. There's a couple. You can have, use it as a noun. Something designed to preserve the memory of a person, event, etc., such as a monument or a holiday, which is what we have right now. We're going to have a holiday, a day off to celebrate and remember those that gave their lives. Or you can use it as an adjective, which is preserving the memory of a person or thing, commemorative, such as a memorial service, which a lot of people do right about this time. Your, your local governments, whatever, they might have a memorial service of local members that have given their life, local townspeople that have given their life and not able to make it back. See, memorials, memorials are things in our life that serve a purpose to help us remember Things of our past that we might not other that we might not otherwise forget about, right? right? See, we we have monuments, we have things visual, concrete that are there to remind us because we as a people, if we don't see it every day, if we don't think about it, we will forget about it. And when I think about memorials, I think about monuments, right? You think about you know the Washington Monument, the Lincoln Memorial. Physical things, like in Washington, D.C., you know, 
you got the Great Wall with names of people that have died in wars. Pastor could tell you a whole lot more on that. He's a big history guy. But, um, but it just serves as a, a visual to help us remember certain people or events, right? So according to Wikipedia, since we was talking about that, there are 30 national monuments owned and administered by the National Park Services as official units, nine of which are U.S. presidents, six for other historic figures, and five for wars. Just a little fun fact. But if you search the Bible for scriptures with the word memorial in it, it's not going to be exactly the same way that you would think about out of the Bible. Secular. You know, some of the, some of the scriptures in the Bible talk about uh, something that is physical, while other verses talk about things that might just be a memory. And Exodus 28 and 12 says, And thou shalt put on two stones upon the shoulders of the ephod for stones of memorial unto the children of Israel. And Aaron shall bear the names before the Lord upon the shoulders for memorial. This was something physical in the word that Aaron, the priest, would wear to remember the names of the children of Israel. Something physical that he would not forget. How many of you have ever forgotten a name? Right, I've forgotten a lot of names. You walk out in public, somebody you went to school, hey, how you doing? Who was that? I don't know. <laughs> but you remember their face, but you might not remember the name. But this was a, a visual reminder that Aaron, when he would bear this ephod, it would be a reminder of the children of Israel, those 12 names. But then David tells us in Psalms 135 and 13, Thy name, O Lord, endureth forever, and thy memorial, O Lord, throughout all generations. In this scripture, when I see, and thy memorial, I'm thinking in thy memory, and what everyone remembers you by, what your legacy is. That's what I'm thinking. There's nothing physical being left behind by God right here. It's just his memory, the memory of God, and that's what they're going to remember. But when I think of memorials as they relate to my spiritual walk, I think of the Ten Commandments and when they were first introduced to the children of Israel. In Exodus 31 and 18, it said, And he gave unto Moses, when he had made an end of communing with him on Mount, upon Mount Sinai, two tablets of testimony, tables of stone, written with the finger of God. This was something physical in the scripture, that when Moses was communing with God, God deemed it necessary to write down these words on tablets of stone. Something physical to show the children and remind them of things that they are not to do and things they are to do. Because God knows we are forgetful. <laughs> Sometimes we need something physical to remind us. But that was the first set of stones. And we know what happened to those first set of stones. Because when Moses brought those down... The children of Israel, being forgetful, forgot who they should worship, right? And Moses was angered. And, uh, yeah, those end up breaking. See, we all know that. But God believed that these tablets were so important that he makes Moses bring him two more tablets, just the same, so that he could write it down one more time. Exodus 34 and 1 says... And the Lord said unto Moses, Hew thee two tablets of stone, like unto the first. 
And I will write upon these tablets the words that were first, that in the first tablets, which thou breakest. You know, God didn't let him forget that either. He said, you know, I made these once. I'm going to do it again, but uh, try not to break them again, okay? I don't want to have to do this over again. I, you know, I understand how he feels sometimes. Lucas, don't do that again, okay? I told you once, don't do that again. But we're human. We will. See, the Ten Commandments were written on the stone and not just spoken because God knew how forgetful we were and how we could be. So the tablets were created as a reminder. As a reminder for us to look upon. For whenever we would go about our daily lives and we would be away from God or, you know, out in the world or doing whatever we want to do, they were created so that when we gaze upon those, oh, yeah, God said I wasn't supposed to do that. I'm sorry, God. Another memorial that I think of, some may not think of it as a memorial, but as it pertains to this, it's the Bible. The Bible is full of stories and events that God does not want us to forget about. There are 66 books in that Bible. Each book was written for a specific purpose. You've got Leviticus, which was the book of laws. Uh, I'm glad we don't have all of those today. Some of those apply, but uh, those were laws that God did not want people to forget. He didn't want them to forget so much that he had them written down in a book that is still generated today, still made for us today. It wasn't just for the people of that time, people that he was ministering to physically. It was to the people that would read it later on down the road physical for us to look upon and then of course we have the book of acts because god doesn't want us to remember the events that took place on the day of pentecost those things were so important that god didn't want us to remember what happened because some people already have forgotten what happened on that day some people didn't some people think that it was just supposed to stay on that day that the Holy Ghost isn't meant for everyone. That not everyone's supposed to speak in tongues. But if you read the book of Acts, uh, that differs from what a lot of people think. And I'll just let you read that word for yourself. Because God tells us that that's for everyone. As many that are far off that he shall call. But a memorial doesn't have to be something physical or visual just as we talked about, as pertains to the Word. A memorial can be just a memory that we never forget. Have you ever had something so engraved in your mind that you will never forget it? Some people may have experienced something tragic, like a car accident, losing a friend or relative that you've been very close to, seeing them go through a battle and struggle, the pain that they went through. If it's a family member, you'll never remember. You'll never forget those events. You'll never forget the pain that they felt. That's something. That's a memorial. But uh, you can also, they can also be something that's uh, a good experience, something amazing that is so unforgettable. Maybe it was uh, the first time you ever saw the person you would end up with, your true love, love at first sight. The first date you ever went on. 
you could remember the exact thing that that person was wearing. I'm not that person. <laughs> I am very forgetful. <laughs> I will be honest. But there's some people that have a memory. But I will tell you, for the guys out there, the time that you saw your future bride walking down that aisle for the first time, walking toward you, I will never forget that day. I can remember that one vividly. What you're wearing, I might forget. But that day, I will remember. But it can be something that just you never forget. But what about a spiritual memorial? Memories that you'll never forget. <clears throat> I can tell you one that I'll never forget. Today I was filled with the Holy Ghost. Many of you will never forget that day, that experience that you felt. I can tell you who was singing. Brother Terry McGee, standing up here singing worship songs. I can tell you where I was standing, right over there. I can tell you that it was amazing. I'd never felt anything like that before. I remember such an amazing relief when I'd got done praying, speaking in tongues. Let me tell you, before coming to this church, I'd never spoken in tongues. Never knew what that was. Didn't know that was for me. I did not ever cry in church. Didn't understand that one. When I first came to this church, I saw people crying. Speaking in tongues, I tell you, I'm glad I came back. Because I, <laughs> uh, I did not understand that. You have to have an open mind. Because when you don't understand what people are doing, you need to let them tell you why. You need to let them show you why. So when I saw these things taking place, I was wondering, why in the world are you crying in church? God's good. <laughs> why are you crying? <laughs> he said, you don't need to be crying. <laughs> I only cry when I get whipped, okay? I ain't getting lashes here. It just didn't make sense. But I continued to come. And the more I came, the more I was able to understand that people weren't necessarily crying. They were crying for various reasons. Some were crying because they did not feel worthy. You did not feel worthy of the, the gift that God had given you, the, uh, the grace and the mercy that he shows you. No matter what lifestyle you've lived outside of here, no matter what you've done before you came in through these doors, it didn't matter. When you come up here with a spirit of repentance, when you come up here and you say, God, I'm sorry, I've done things, you know this, I'm sorry, I want to change, I want to be different. And God says, I know. You're forgiven. No matter what, no matter what the devil or your mind is going to tell you, when you ask for forgiveness, my word says you are forgiven. God says that he tosses that into a sea of forgetfulness. And it's up to you to forgive yourself. Because God says, when I've forgiven you, it's done. It's clean. It's over. You have to stop hindering yourself. So, I knew that some were crying because of joy. Because they felt that that grace and mercy. They felt God say, you're forgiven. I love you anyway. It doesn't matter what you've done. Come to me. 
I still love you. There's still a place in my arms for you. They were just so grateful because of the work God has done in their life. So I ask you, what are some memorials that you have in your walk with God? What are some things that you have, physical or just spiritual, that help you in your walk with God? Is it the cross? When you see the cross, does that remind you of the day that he bore that cross, that he carried that cross, to be hung on that cross for our sins, for our forgiveness? Does it make you think of that? Does it remind you that you're forgiven? What about the Bible? Is that a memorial in your life? On Memorial Day, we like to visit the stones of our lost loved ones. What about the Bible? Do we visit that? Or the events that took place on the day that you received the Holy Ghost? Do you like to take a walk down memory lane and revisit those steps? Revisit everything that took place whenever you said, God, I'm done drinking. I'm done smoking. I'm done doing those things that I once did. I want you in my life, God. Because with you in my life, I don't need those other things. No matter what the devil tells you, no matter what he plays on your mind, you do not need those things. It doesn't matter. So uh, how frequently do you visit these memorials or think about them? Let's say, uh, is it a yearly thing? Is it like Memorial Day? Just one day you set aside to read your Bible? To visit that memorial? Or is it the one day you set aside to think about the cross and that one day that he forgive you? Is it once a week? Is it the only time you come to church on Sunday? Is it the only time you're able to make it there? Is that the only time that you think about these memorials in your life? These opportunities, these things that God has done for you? So as we take this time and this weekend to remember those that uh, gave the greatest and made the greatest sacrifice. Some would say laying laying down your life is the greatest sacrifice. But let us not forget. Let us also remember the one who made the ultimate sacrifice. It was not the greatest. It was the ultimate sacrifice. The one who died so that we may spend the rest of eternity with him. Because God said, you are forgiven. I'm here for you. He's given you a book of instructions on how to live, on what to do. It's not just for any person. It's not just for the Jews. It's not just for anybody who lives in Israel. It's to everybody. It is a book, it is chapters, it is words that were written because God thought we needed to hear them. That we needed to be reminded what they are each and every day. What he did for us. So I just ask you right now, are you going to visit that memorial? Are you going to make it a daily habit? Because the more you think about it, the more you read it, the more excited you're going to be the more accepting you're going to be to God forgiving you, to you forgiving yourself. That's a struggle we have sometimes, isn't it? Sometimes it's good to think about the past, think about where we came from, 
Think about what happened on, you know, when we got the Holy Ghost. But uh, sometimes we dwell upon what life was like before God. Well, let me tell you, life was just a little bit easier before I started coming to church. You know, everybody seemed to be just a little bit nicer in the world. You know, sometimes we get that way. Sometimes we get church hurt. But let me tell you, there's one, one person that's not going to let you down. That's going to be God. But in order for him to not let you down, you have to be there for him. You have to talk to him. He has to know your voice. How often do we go without speaking to God? Too long? Do we just do it on every Sunday when they say, let's pray? I think it's something that we need to have daily. And if, uh, if you need something visual, make it. It was nothing for them to build an altar for them to remember what God had done at that particular time. So if you need an altar to remember, remind yourself, build one. If you need to have a Bible, a picture, something to remind you, a cross, something to remind you, read your Bible today. They've got apps on your phone that give you a reminder. <laughs> handy in this day and age, I tell you. Get that reminder because you're never going to go hungry and you're never going to say, man, that's, that's five minutes I'm never going to get back in my life. That was time that I just could have done something else. I've never read the Bible and thought, well, should just watch TV. <laughs> but you know what I mean? So uh, if you guys just want to go ahead and stand, we'll just go ahead and have a moment of prayer. I'll just help God to remind us to build an altar to him, to remember him, to think about the more memorials that he has placed in our life. Hallelujah, God. We love you, God. We What a word. That was, that was a very, very good word. Amen. Tonight, before I get started, I'd like to give honor to our ministerial team, for Bishop, for following the call of, call of God and starting this church so many years ago. Brother Mason, who is not here, but I still wish to honor, for his exceptional work, talent, and anointing in the leadership and music ministry. Pastor, for letting us know that regardless of any title he may hold, he is still just a man, but he is a man of a great God. And I'm grateful that pastor preaches the word, whether it lifts us up or chastises us, because sometimes we need both. And Brother Malone, I give you honor. You've been an encouragement to me many, 
years just watching you worship. And your jumpstart ministry is actually, it's, it's great. It really is. But I have just one scripture to start us off tonight. Matthew 26 and 13. Barely I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this, that this woman hath done, be told for a memorial of her. If we could bow our heads and pray. Lord Jesus, thank you, God, for your presence. Thank you for the words you have already given. give you glory, Jesus. Lord, bless your name. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. I want to make sure that we all know what a memorial is. I have a very short definition, a lot shorter than what Brother Malone just gave, but with Merriam-Webster Dictionary, the memorial is to serve a per to serve serving to preserve remembrance of or relating to memory. So a memorial, unshockingly, is something to help us remember someone or something. Why? Can't we just remember those important things? How could we forget? Well, we're human. We have a great ability to forget the most important things with the passing of time. Or even worse, we sometimes tend to remember something in the wrong way and pass that along instead of what really happened. Memorials serve to make sure that not only is something remembered, but that it is correctly remembered. The passage scripture tonight comes from Matthew 26, 6 through 13 for your reference. This is where Jesus is at a man's house, and a woman come in, comes in and anoints his feet with oil and washes his feet with her hair and dries, or washes her feet with her tears and dries it with her hair. This was such a beautiful thing, but such a culturally wrong thing at the same time. But her act blessed Jesus so much that he wanted everyone to know about it anytime and anywhere the gospel would be preached. He put this in his word, what this woman did. And the actions of this woman became a memorial that lasts even unto this day. Because someone not only witnessed what happened, but they wrote it down. They passed the story on. It became a memorial because someone made sure it was not forgotten. And it's such a beautiful thing to us because it reminds us that even the most unworthy and culturally unacceptable of us can bless God that much. We know generally what a memorial is. So what makes it special? What makes something so impactful that it becomes a memorial? On the internet, I came across a do-it-yourself thing. And this was concerning family members. Coming generations may only have this one memorial as a reminder of someone and what they did. You only have one chance to collect everyone's memories. Consider lining three by five cards that say my special memory of you. These cards and pens are handed to fam family and friends as they walk into the service. The celebrant or funeral director can be responsible for handing them out and collecting them at the end of the service. 
These cards can be put in a pouch and taken out shared at family gatherings for years to come. They become a reflection of ancestors' lives for generations to come. Two lines stood out to me. You only have one chance to collect everyone's memories. And they become a reflection of ancestors' lives for generations to come. Here's what I'm thinking when I'm reading this. Memories will die with the people to whom they belong unless something is done to preserve that memory. But I also gather this. What makes a memory special is what ties we have to it. I can walk past a memorial bench in a park with someone's name on it. It doesn't mean a thing to me. No matter how nice it might be, no matter the flowers planted around it or light shining down on it, it's like, yeah, that looks nice. Okay. <laughs> it's because I never had a connection to the person it's made for. However, I can take out a dirty old knife out of my pocket and instantly be reminded of everything my dad ever taught me. It may not be much, but it's a special memorial to me because it's a reminder of the things I learned from my dad. So there's the special part. But the impact comes from the effect of what the memorial is for. As most of us listening here and on podcasts later on, most of us are American. So here's something that made a huge impact. Twin Towers. Here's the memorial mission of the Twin Towers. Remember and honor the thousands of innocent men, women, and children murdered by terrorists in the horrific attacks of February 26, 1993, and September 11, 2001. Respect this place made sacred through tragic loss. Recognize the endurance of those who survived, the courage of those who risked their lives to save others, and the compassion of all who supported us in our darkest hours. May the lives remembered, the deeds recognized, and the spirit we awaken be eternal beacons, which reaffirm respect for life, strengthen our resolve to preserve freedom, and inspire an end to hatred, ignorance, and intolerance. The Twin Towers, its memorial, is a reminder of the reality and horror of how far terrorism can go. But it's also a reminder of how much people can come together. Our country was so united in the face of this tragedy. So many people came together. We saw flags everywhere. Such a tragedy, but such a thing that came of it. And here's a few other memorials. The Civil War monuments. They remind us that division will tear our country apart in the most bloody way possible. The Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. It lets us honor those who were lost in wars. That their sacrifice is not forgotten or unnoticed, even if we don't know who they are. The cross reminding us that sin had met its match. And the love of God for us is greater than what we can even begin to imagine it to be. All of us know the impact of 9-11. It actually kind of seems silly to make a memorial, something to help us remember it, because, I mean, how big that was, how many people died, these buildings fell. And yet without it, how quickly even a tragedy like that would be forgotten and lost to history. 
look at how much we've already forgotten about the horror of it. Just day-to-day life, we don't really think about it. We remember they fell. Do we remember the horror of that? How we felt? If we had no memorial, the next generation or the generation after that may not even know what had happened because we may not find the time to tell our children about it. In fact, I didn't realize there had been an attack on the towers in 1993 in my lifetime until I've read the memorial statement. I think I may have heard something about it, but I can't really tell you much about it. But that at least goes to prove the point of a memorial. It caused me to know about it because someone made sure it wasn't forgotten. And here's the thing about memorials. They are only as strong to us as they are special or impactful. Attacks on a nation make an impact upon all of us. I realize the knife I mentioned earlier isn't going to mean really anything to you. But it's a very special and strong memorial to me. The memorial of the woman washing Jesus' feet with her hair may not seem very impactful or special to us at first until we realize we're just like her. Knowing that even our very best gift still isn't enough because we're sinners. And yet it still blesses Jesus so much that everyone must know about it. Her memorial has become a beacon of hope for countless souls over generations, including us today, 2,000 years later. But we need to be careful and diligent with memorials because they can be destroyed. In Psalms 9, verse 6, O thou enemy, destructions are come to a perpetual end, and thou hast destroyed cities. Their memorial is perished with them. What cities were they? What kind of people lived there? I don't know. There's nothing to tell me about it. Natural and spiritual enemies know the value memorials serve for people, and they seek to destroy that because memorials can serve as a rallying point, causing people to rekindle their fire and take back what was lost or stolen from them. But if the enemy succeeds in destroying the memorial, they succeed in killing memory, history, legacy, lessons of the past, and eventually the future of the people because they can't remember who they were or who they should be. And here's a few ways the enemy tries to destroy a memory, both natural and spiritually. If the memory is only ever passed down verbally, all it takes is one generation not to tell the next for it to disappear. New things often quickly replace something old, and old things become forgotten. You can look at music for an example of that, really. I mean, no one really... Most kids now don't know what music was played in the 80s, something simple. But we've lost several different languages over the years as well because they're not written down or taught. Younger generations learned a new language out of necessity, and the elders who knew the language died. And there it goes. Another way, people can taint or change the meaning of a memorial. This is typically done by those who resent or are offended by the memorial in some way. Sometimes it's an outside enemy. Sometimes it's someone sitting right next to you who just is weird. I don't know. (laughs) But sometimes it backfires 
It only causes people to cherish and preserve that memory all the more. But when it's successful, the true meaning is lost to future generations. And no one's even going to know the fact that something changed. Imagine if this future history book stated this. I know we're a divided church on the matter. <laughs> if the Cardinals won the World Series in 2016 instead of the Cubs, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> of course, we know it isn't true. But if people were successful at changing that little fact, our great-great-grandchildren wouldn't know what really happened. It's not really an important fact to change, but the point it serves. Any memory or memorial can be changed, and a future generation not even know what it was if we aren't careful to preserve it. The most effective memorial killer, though, busyness. We all know what it's like. We're busy, especially now more than ever having to work more hours than ever before just to make a somewhat decent living. But busyness, it keeps us from ever listening, looking at, reading, or remembering that thing which was so important or impactful. We get too busy to read the Bible or teach our children how to pray. Oftentimes, we often think, tomorrow. We put everything off till tomorrow. It's not that we're intentional about it sometimes, but busyness. We get so busy that an altered memorial goes unnoticed until it's too late. Suddenly, it is the Cardinals that won the 2016 series. Jesus didn't actually die on the cross. He was just a good prophet. That's it. And our soldiers who died actually died as villains instead of as heroes and those wars we fought were evil and pointless. How could we? These thoughts may sound impossible to believe now, but without preserving the memory, those thoughts become reality for a future generation. Our enemies want nothing less than for us to lose who we are and forget that we had something worth fighting for. Our freedom, our salvation, and walk with Christ. Memorial Day is not a happy day, but it's a very important day to remember our soldiers and the price they paid for our freedom. Even if we're not related to a soldier who gave their life, we are all affected by that loss because those soldiers died for all of us. They took the bullets so we didn't have to. They took the bombs so we didn't have to. They were on the front line instead of us. This is a day set aside for us to remember those who gave their lives and know that the sacrifice was not in vain. We are able to enjoy the freedoms they bought us. And we honor their sacrifice by respecting our freedom and its cost and telling our children of how it was won. We didn't come about this by happenstance. It took blood, it took guts, it took action. It took people going far from home, going through the worst things, laying down their life. So we can be here freely today. Thank God we don't have to hide any of this. Thank you, Jesus. And as Christians, it's good to enjoy the liberty where Christ has made us free from the bondage of sin. 
And it's good to honor his sacrifice, like in Romans 12:1, that we present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy, accessible unto God, which is our reasonable service. And it's good and necessary to tell our children what Jesus has done so that they will grow up knowing and loving him rather than doubting that he is even real. Because society is saying he's not. We must be diligent. Memorials help us to remember what we're fighting for, what to guard against, and that there are those who are willing to pay the ultimate sacrifice to bring us a brighter future. It sure must have been someone or something very special or impactful to us to become a memorial. As usually, we don't make memorials of things that are unimportant or a waste of time. That being said, we cannot afford to allow memorials to be forgotten or tainted by the enemy or ignorance, just looking away from it, not paying attention. How sad it would be to go forward in time and see Memorial Day forgotten about and everything our soldiers died for lost. Saints and guests alike, let us enjoy our freedom, but let us remember the price paid and be sure to tell future generations what it cost. This weekend, we give honor to our fallen soldiers. I got family who's gone to the military. I have a family member, he didn't pass from war, he passed later on. I would be devastated if I heard one of them died in the war, in any war or any battle. We give honor to them, to all of them, knowing that freedom is never free. We cannot afford to forget their actions or their sacrifices. They paid the highest price for the freedom of our country. And they didn't look back. They didn't, they would not regret that if they could come back and do it again. They knew what they were fighting for. And we cannot, cannot afford to forget Jesus Christ, who paid the price for our sins, for my sin. Where would we be? if someone had not laid down their life for us. I know this was very brief. And Pastor, you can go ahead and come up. But if we could all stand and just close our eyes. Will we allow someone to taint the memorial? Will we allow ourselves to become so busy that we can't tell our children why we are free or why we should worship God? Will we let the memory fade? Or are we going to defend the memorial and let the next generation know what we're standing and fighting for? Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's F-A-C-M-C. Thank you and have a blessed day.